Chapter twenty three of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, part two. By Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter twenty three. London from April till September, eighteen twenty two encampment on the shore of the lake of the onondagas arabs a course of botany the indian woman and the cow Monsieur violet offered me letters to the onondagas a remnant of one of the six iroquois nations we first reached the lake of this tribe my dutchman selected a suitable place for our camp a river issued from the lake and our implements were arranged in the bend of the river we drove two forked sticks firmly into the ground six feet apart and laid a long pole horizontally on these two supports large pieces of the bark of the birch tree were placed with one end on the ground and the other leaning against the transverse pole in order to form a roof for our palace our saddles served as pillows and our cloaks for bedclothes we tied small bells to our horses necks and let them loose in the wood near our encampment from which they did not stray far fifteen years afterwards when i bivouacked on the sands of the desert of saba a few yards from the jordan and on the banks of the dead sea our horses the fleet sons of arabia appeared to listen to the tales of the sheik and to take an interest in the stories of antar and job's horse it was not more than four in the afternoon when our hut was completed i took up my gun and went out to try my luck in the neighbourhood few birds were seen only a solitary couple sprung before me like the birds which i had followed in my paternal woods by the colour of the male i recognised the white sparrow Nivalis of the ornithologists i heard also the osprey so well characterized by its cry the flight of this noisy bird led me to a narrow valley lying between bare and rocky hills about half way up on one side stood a miserable cabin and a lean cow was wandering about in a meadow below i delight in these sheltered nooks a chico pajarillo chico nidio little bird little nest i sat down on the slope opposite to the hut a few minutes after i heard voices in the valley three men appeared driving five or six fat cattle to pasture and drove away the lean cow with their sticks an indian woman came out of the hut advanced towards the frightened animal and addressed it the cow ran to her stretching out her neck with a slight lowing the planters from a distance threatened the poor woman who returned to her cabin the cow followed her i rose up went down the slope of the hill crossed the valley mounted the parallel ridge and reached the hut i pronounced the salutation which i had been taught seagull i am come instead of returning my salutation by the customary you are come the woman made no reply i then caressed the cow her yellow and mournful countenance assumed an expression of tenderness i was struck with the mysterious relations of misfortune there is pleasure in being affected at the evils which had never been wept over before the woman continued to look at me a little longer with an appearance of some lingering doubt she then came forward and passed her hands over the face of the companion of her misery and solitude encouraged by this mark of confidence i said in english for my stock of indian phraseology was exhausted she is very lean the woman answered in broken english she eats very little they drove her away very cruelly i added and the indian answered we are both accustomed to that is not then this meadow yours she said this meadow belonged to my husband who is dead i have no children and the white men drive their cattle into my field 
I had nothing to offer to this creature of God. We parted. The poor woman said a great deal to me which I did not understand. It was no doubt the expression of her good wishes for my happiness, and if they were not heard in heaven, it was undoubtedly not the fault of her who prayed, but the frailties of him for whom the prayer was offered. All minds have not the same aptitude for happiness, as all soils do not bear the same harvest. I returned to my bark palace, where I found a meal of potatoes and maize awaiting me. The evening was magnificent. The lake, as smooth as a looking-glass, lay before me without a ruffle. The river murmured around our peninsula, which was perfumed by the odour of flowers. The whippoorwill repeated his song. We heard him sometimes near and sometimes at a distance, as the bird changed the scene of his loving call. No one called me. End of chapter 23